0: So I made a change in my life. you got to look in the mirror and make a change sometimes, you know. Um, I stopped drinking soft drinks, so it was just two weeks out. And uh, Ben just made me a cup of coffee. So I haven't had caffeine in my system uh, for two weeks until about an hour ago. And so uh, a little jittery, good, good living. Um, <laughs> so we're going to open up with a word of prayer and uh, invite God in to just have his way. God. Thank you uh, so much for the day. Um, thank you that we have the opportunity to come here and, and be together. Lord, it's encouraging uh, to sit next to one another and to sing and and uh, just see the smiles and know that we're not in this alone, God. I'm so thankful for your design in that. how you designed us to be in a relationship uh, with you, with Jesus, have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us and with each other. Uh, God, it's just a, an awesome thing to be a part of. And, uh, Lord, we just... We do, to invite you in this morning, Lord. Um, as we've been praising your name and and partaking of the the sacraments and giving and just all the things that we do, Lord, we just speak to us, God. Um, we know we're on this journey together, and, and that it's it's just a, a a process, God, of transformation, of sanctification. Um, and I know we all fall in different places on the journey, and we're here to help each other. and And so, God, just this morning, as we as we get into the word, as we get into this thought uh, that you've laid on my heart, God, just that we um, can be honest with you, with ourselves, and uh, just look for that opportunity to grow and, and to be transformed, and allow allow ourselves to become more Christ like, because uh, that's that's what it's about, Lord. We love you, and thank you again for everything that you provide and do, and and uh, we just ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got a, uh, I got a few people from here um, about to embark on a journey, uh, and I think it'll end up being close to about 6,000 miles um, when we're all said and done uh, across the country and back. Uh, there's 52 of us going, so you can be in prayer for that. Uh, it's a week of camp that I dean. Uh, usually every year, I take some years off here and there, um, but we, we call it an off-campus adventure week. And the, the elements I love about it uh, is it just, it kind of creates this raw place of conversation and relationship. It just does, you know? Uh, you're kind of forced into it. It's almost like living together in an RV for an extended period of time. You know, you're like, you just got to deal with each other, right? It doesn't matter. You just got to. Um, and, and so we just got to, you know? We're just going to have to deal with each other. So we're taking this charter bus and we're going out there. And, you know, as I was preparing and thinking for, th- for that trip, um, there's a microphone. I just saw it. There you go. <laughs> um, as I was thinking and preparing for that trip, like, I was just thinking back over the years and just kind of some of the cool things that have happened and uh, events, and, and there was this one moment that stood out to me, and it tied right in with what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we were coming over the—I I don't know if you've ever driven to the Albuquerque, New Mexico at night, uh, but it's really neat. You should try it sometime. Because uh, you're on the interstate, and you're going down the interstate, and you come over this hill— And it's dark out there, you know, like uh, they don't have as much light pollution as we have. And so you come over this hill and all of a sudden, there's this massive, vast city down in the valley and you can see all of it. And it's really cool. And then, so you come down the mountain and you go through it and then you go up on the other side and then the vast amount of stars come right back out. And it's just a really cool moment. And uh, I'll never forget, I I drew the short straw and I had to drive the night shift. Uh, I often just take it. I enjoy driving at night. Uh, just in case everybody falls asleep, I, it's good prayer time. And, and uh, I, I don't know, I just enjoy driving at night. But uh, there were some college students, and they had been talking about something earlier. And I said, Hey, well, tonight while I'm driving, why don't you guys just sit up front and let's dig into this together? And so the topic was freedom in Christ. And I thought very fitting, you know, celebrating our independence and freedom and just the whole idea of that, what it means to be free in Christ. And man, I mean, we had like a six hour conversation or scriptures. We're digging into all this stuff and it was just really cool and intense. And of all the things we've done and all the beautiful things we've seen, that was a highlight for me because it was the word of God just impacting us. And I I, I know for a fact, I've had conversations with those students who are now adults and parents. Um, I know that it impacted them. I know how they they live their life changed based on that conversation. So I want to talk about freedom in Christ today and what that even means. Um, and it and it seems to me the more mature I become, the more I walk in the freedom of Christ. And I kind of hate the word maturity because I remember growing up and my older brothers and sisters would say this all the time, you tell me I'm mature. And then you get in high school and you know, some cool kid would tell you that, and you just you know, just got thrown around, and then your parents, they wouldn't say that, but they'd say, you need to grow up, you need to act your age, you know, and it was just always kind of like, oh. but maturity is a major, 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 major part of the journey of following Jesus, it just is, there's an expectation for us to grow, there just is, it's all throughout scripture everywhere. So I, I say this often. It doesn't matter where you are this second. What matters is that you move, right? Because we're all in different places. We all grow at different speeds and all that kind of stuff because we're unique. But it does matter that you are moving. Uh, CIY, it's a Christian organization. Uh, they, they do camps throughout the whole summer. Actually, they're pretty big now. They, they do them year-round, different things. But uh, they started a high school week, man, goodness, a long, long time ago. And they called it Move. And that was the reason. They wanted students to move in their faith. It wasn't just, hey, we're glad you're Christians because we are. You know, there's an eternal thing going on here. But we want you to move. You need to be growing. You need to be maturing. And uh, far too often, I think, I think we fall asleep at the wheel uh, in that area. And so, uh, I, I was trying to like simplify this because this is a really vast topic and there's a lot in, in scripture about it. And I was thinking about it on the terms of my opinion versus Jesus's opinion. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. You know, uh, so often like something comes up and people will ask me that, or maybe they ask you that, you know, what's your opinion on this? And, and we give one because we all have one about everything. Even if, you know, after church today, you're like, hey, where do you want to go lunch? I don't care. We really do care. And we really do have an opinion, but you know, we can also let that go. But if we were by ourself and we were going out to lunch, we would choose something, right, over something else. So ultimately, we probably do have an opinion. But, you know, I know for some of us, we really don't care. We'll eat whatever, obviously. Um, So uh, opinion versus Jesus' opinion. And and I I think there's lots of things that that's irrelevant on, like where you're going to eat lunch maybe. Uh, But then there's a lot of things that it's absolutely relevant. And I think we leave him on the sidelines far too often in this and we try to handle spiritual matters with our fleshly opinion and we're really good at it you know because we're made of flesh right and and it's easy to say I'm human you know because we are and there's a truth in that but are you growing in that is my question. Are we are we growing up? You know I watch my sons play together one sevens, one two you know, Elias is, (laughs) I love him, but he just wants to destroy everything, and so Caden will be building train tracks, and Elias comes through and destroys them, and and he gets, Caden gets upset, and you know, the the bickering that goes on, and I'm like, Caden, buddy, you're seven, man, and I know you're not a man yet, but I said, you got to be the bigger, bigger dude here, you just got to be, you know, and uh, because Elias just doesn't understand yet, Um, and we're getting there, but, you know, he just doesn't, and so, So this this idea of just growing up to where I think the spiritual side of how we decide things and do things comes out in us more than our own opinions and ways. So let's ask it a different way. I think I've I've asked it this way before, um, but it'd be like asking, like, what what would Christ be doing today if he were living my life, you know? I think it's easy sometimes to like, well, if I put myself in the footsteps of Jesus, but like, what if Jesus had your life today? You know, what would that look like for your job or for your family time or your resources or relationships or situational reactions, right? Things happen and we respond to them. What would it look like if it was Jesus responding? And I, I really think that's what spiritual maturity calls us to, is to grow in that, that that Hey, maybe yesterday I had some road rage. I was driving to Atlanta and 85 people cut me off in a mile stretch because that happens. And I got mad and I got angry. You know, would Jesus have done that? Yes. No, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Jesus didn't have to drive on 285. He might have. Um, But, you know, how would Jesus have responded? And so I didn't get it right yesterday, but I can grow in that and get it right today. You know, Um, so. When we begin to ask those questions, what it does is uh, it, you know, I know we've all had the experience of blackouts, power going out, whatever, and you have to use a flashlight. Man, it's a powerful thing when a flashlight's turned on and pitch dark, and this begins to shed light on where we are spiritually, and sometimes it hurts, right? We talked about that. You flick the lights on. I mean, even in here, the sun's out, and when we've been watching a video and we flick the lights on, you can kind of hear it slow. Mm. And a little grunt from people because like, oh, I, I have real sensitive eyes to the sun. And so I I wear my sunglasses a lot. And and uh, when I take them off and I'm outside, man, I mean, just it looks like I'm crying over something, but uh, it hurts, you know? And so we don't always want the light shed on these things. And so we uh, we just kind of end up finding a comfortable place, right? Uh, I'd like to call it our wheelhouse. So we're following Jesus, and we love Jesus, and there's probably something you're pretty good at in this whole spiritual conversation, right? Maybe, it, like, I got some friends, and they are very studious people. Um, uh, Chris VanDalen, his name comes to mind. Uh, he's, st- he's a studier, man. He's really good at it. I struggled with that. He wants to read books. I'm like, ah, I read the cover. YouTube, some notes. I don't know. Um, and, and so that's a strong suit for him and it would be easy for Chris. He's a, he's a, he's a minister. It'd be easy for Chris to just sit in his office and just do that all day, every day. Right. And that's, that's part of following Jesus, right? We do need to study the word that's in the Bible all over the place. We need to know the word of God. You're, you're responsible to know it. You're not supposed to just take my word for it. Now I'm responsible to preach it correctly, but you're also responsible to know it as a follower of Jesus. So Chris could just sit in his office and not do anything, right? Um, and that's a strong suit for him, and it's comfortable, and he enjoys it. And But there's this whole other element of following Jesus out there that we got to engage, because spi- spiritual maturity happens on all levels, on all fronts. And uh, so we need to work on our growth. And so today, um, Jim Putman... Um, he's a guy who's written some books on discipleship and spiritual maturity and church growth, stuff like that. And he, he kind of puts it into four categories. I'm sure we could break this down even more. But uh, I just want to read through those four categories for just a minute. And as I do, I'll kind of, I'll expound on them just a little bit. But what I'm asking for you today, and we're going to stop and pray before I do this, because we're, again, this isn't about guilt. It's just about being honest about where I am, right? So as we read through this, these, I hope you find some place to identify. And the reason I want you to find a place to identify is because sometimes when we hear a sermon or you know maybe you read through an entire book of the Bible, man, sometimes it can just feel super overwhelming. <gasps> he wants me to do what? Oh my goodness, there was just so much stuff. And I want you to find just just a nugget of truth in this for you, where you're at. And then I want us to begin a conversation with God about where we need to be because you are expected to grow. That is something I say to my seven-year-old all the time. I'm like, I love you, buddy, and I'm okay with where you're at, but I'm not okay if you're here in a year, you know? Like you, I expect you to grow up and gain responsibility now, it's my job to help teach him responsibility, but I expect that of him. And Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, expects that of us to grow into spiritual maturity. So let's, uh, let's just pause here and have a word of prayer. God, as we, as we dig through these, these little sections, God, um, I know this isn't the end-all save-all on, on um, defining uh, different maturity levels, but God, it's, it's really good insight, and I pray as we uh, allow you to examine us that there's just a level of honesty that we have with you about where we actually are on this journey. Because as has been said from this pulpit many times, wisdom, uh, Bible knowledge, church attendance, those are all good, but they do not equate to spiritual maturity. And so as we, as we dig into this, God, um, I, I pray that, that uh, we just allow you to search us, um, to show us, and then to help us with that bold um, level of commitment to do something about it. God, thanks for your love. Thanks for your grace and your mercy in in these processes, God, because we all fall down, we all mess up, and and you're there to pick us back up. You're there to help carry us through. You've given us again each other uh, to walk through this with. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start off with a spiritual infant. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, just think back to my own experiences with that. It's always fun. Uh, but, you know, when we become a new believer, uh, a lot of people are super excited. I've actually seen a trend uh, in the last decade or so of, of a lot of believers kind of doing it incognito, if you will. Like they, they don't want to do the public thing and, and stuff and kind of keep that decision a little more private and things like that. But a lot of times we're excited. Like we've learned something about Jesus. We've made this decision and uh, almost like a, a spiritual high. You know, we got this, this just zealousness about us. And if we got anybody in our life that um, doesn't know Jesus, you know, we want to tell them about him and, and so there's just this kind of like, whoo, uh, excitement thing. And uh, I think about my boys when they learn to walk, you know, how, how excited they are because we're all cheering them on and, you know, sending videos to 800 people and, and uh, we were all excited. Of course, they're excited. But along with that excitement becomes a lot more messes, right? Because now they can move, and they're mobile, and they got hands, and they get stuff. And uh, they don't know what they're doing. And so that also is kind of a characteristic of a spiritual infant. Um, we, we have the zeal, and we have this, this excitement, but we're still missing a lot of the foundational stuff. We still don't know the rules for the game. And we don't know how to play very well. But we do know that we want other people to have Jesus. So, we, you know, we go out there and a lot of times uh, a lot of messes are made. But thankfully, we have a God who is great at covering those up. Uh, but the word I would kind of use there is ignorance. You know, it's, uh, hey, I, I, I know this Jesus guy and he saved me and I want everybody else to know him. But I, I really don't understand uh, very much about the faith. And I don't really understand very much about discipleship and those kinds of things. And so that's kind of the spiritual infant thing. And I do believe as a whole, just I've been in ministry a long time and just viewing people. Most people move past this phase, right? Um, they, most people have moved on. There is knowledge there. They've, they've gained and grown in that. And uh, the next level is a child. Um, and this one hits home with me really strong right now because I have two boys in this phase in just life. And in this spiritual development, uh, we begin to learn the basic language of the faith, right? Because there's biblical talk. You know, there's things we say in here that we normally don't say out there, right? I mean, there just are some words that we just don't throw around a lot out there in public that we are pretty common inside the church. And so we began to learn the language of the faith, and, you know, we're excited about our faith, and it's all innocent and cute and all that kind of stuff. But there's still a lot of childish behavior, Right? Again, I'll pick on my son who's not in here. Caden. I'll be like, hey, play a game with your little brother. Well, Caden will go in there and change the rules so he wins every single game, every time. No matter what it is. He will and I go in there and I'm like, hey, are you putting your brother first? Well, I'm playing, playing with him. I'm like, how many times has he won? None. Yeah. And, and so there, there's, this, there's this rebelliousness, there's this self-centered thing that still goes on. I love my son, he's a great kid, but it's just innate, right? It's just in us. And we have the same thing spiritually, like we, we like are excited and we come to church and, and like maybe something doesn't go our way and it's easy to get our feelings hurt and it's easy to cause us to think about it and it's easy to be self-centered um, and spiritual children, uh, tend to respond to the reward and discipline system, right? Like, just like kids do. Caden, if you don't do this, you're going to get a spanking. Whoop, he does it, you know, right? And and then I'm like, sometimes uh, I, I try not to play the reward card all the time, but sometimes I'll be like, hey, look, go play with your brother, make sure he has the best time, and tonight, you know, watch a movie and eat popcorn or something. And I, I just peek in the door, and he's doing it, right? Because he knows he's going to get a reward for it, Right? And, and that's what happens a lot. Again, still, in our spiritual journey, this is what happens to us. We, we, we're basing off this reward and discipline system, and we do things out of the expectation sometimes that we're going to receive. And Christ calls us to something else. He calls us to give. So uh, so the infancy stage of just kind of being ignorant and the childish stage of the self-centeredness uh, are, are kind of the key things in, in, in that behavior. And then we move on to a young adult. And I love this phase uh, because the shift really begins to happen in this phase for people. And this is where we become God focused and others focused and in every area. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Sometimes we have like a strong suit and and we are okay with it in that area. And you may find yourself there today. Like you may be like, hey, I'm a I'm a parent in this area, but I'm an infant in this area, and I would say that the conversation with God needs to start where you're an infant um, and begin growing. But this young adult stage, I was, I was thinking about this, and we have a XP three group, and the 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 three middle school girls have have been with us the whole time, and uh, Laurie and I have have been teaching them over the last couple years, and I'll never forget our first XP three. I just won't forget it, because. I don't know why I had this expectation, but I just had this expectation that we were going to instantly jump from kingdom kids to this spiritually mature, deep conversation thing. And we had XP3 and we like did some worship and we sat down for the lesson and oh my, those girls just want to giggle and laugh and talk about everything but Jesus. And it wasn't, I mean, it's not like they're bad, they're awesome kids, right? And, and, uh, it was just like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> like you just want to scream and grab. I'm like, listen to what I'm saying. Um, but, man, I want to tell you something. Those three have changed immensely over the last two years. I'm telling you, they, they've grown so much. I'm super proud of you guys, by the way. And I'm telling you, like I've seen maturity happen, and they can dig into some deep spiritual things. And, they, I mean, they still like to be silly, and that's a great thing. But man, they're they're engaging it, and I'm watching this process happen in them as they're transitioning from a child uh, to a young adult. So uh, they're eager to serve, right? A young adult would be eager to serve. Uh, they uh, begin to start to look like adults, and but they still got a lot to learn about responsibility and the spiritual needs and cares for others. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, I was I don't know if we were driving around Brian's truck or the church bus the other day, but Leslie was talking about her future, and uh, she probably didn't think I was listening, but it was really cool because she was like talking about this stuff way out here, and then she backed up, and she started talking about how she's going to get there, and I was like, wow, man, I didn't do that till, I don't know that I've ever done that, you know, and uh, I was like, hey, today, what am I doing today, Um, but it was really cool to watch her be strategic, right, and that's part of the sign of a spiritual young adult, we learn to be intentional and strategic in how we live and how we move, um, and uh, it was like that drive going into Albuquerque. You know, it just kind of happened, and I didn't. I wasn't intentional and strategic. So I'm not tooting my own horn. It just happened that way, and it should look like that, um, where you know we're like, hey, I got this time, man. I'm going to use this for this, and then make it happen, right? And so uh, the, one of the characteristics of a young adult is being strategic about your faith about seeing people converted, um, and to be able to reproduce disciples. Man, we talk about that a lot. And uh, again, it, it's man, in America, I had someone say this to me um, from another church not too long ago. They're like, that seems to be the new thing, you know, discipleship. And, and I don't disagree. Like, I know it can be a little fad. This is not a fad. This has been around since Jesus showed up. Okay, it's not a new thing. No one's reinventing the wheel. This was his plan for us. Not my plan. These are not my words. You can get mad at him, but not me. We are supposed to make disciples, we're supposed to mentor and pour into another person's life till they reach maturity. And then they're supposed to do that for someone else, right? I mean, it makes sense, it fits. And we see Jesus modeling that for sure. So, being strategic and intentional. Uh, is, is is a great sign of being a young adult. And of course, at this point, those people it, still need coaching. They still need parenting, right? And so that brings us to the last phase. And uh, it is parent. And they don't use the word adult here on purpose because um, <laughs> he says, you know, adults can reproduce, but they all don't reproduce. Um, so a parent is supposed to be reproducing, right? That's While you're a parent, and so when we look at this from a Christian perspective, um, and we're called to make disciples, it's much bigger than just being an adult. It's about taking on the sacrifice of investing in another person. I, I, I mentioned this the other day. We I don't know where we were at. I forget all that stuff, but. I was around some people, probably some of you. So if, if I'd say this, you can be like, oh, yeah, that's when it was. And I said, you know, I remember when we used to think we were busy before kids. And that blows my mind. I mean, we thought we were busy, you know. And then I, I think about all the things that we're involved in now. And my kids are just now starting to get to the phase of keeping us running around a lot. Um, and so, like, the whole sacrifice thing uh, just continues to surface as we become more and more mature. And, and it's, it's dying to ourselves, right? Romans 12, uh, we talk about that scripture often. And that is such a just huge scripture. It's so big. And when you read it, it might be even one of those, I can't do that. I'm not there, right? When I plant the corn seed the next day, it's not a full stock of corn with three ears on it, right? It takes time. And that's what I'm getting at today. This is about taking steps and moving in your faith. And not settling for where you are, but recognizing where you are. And then starting that conversation with God. Like, hey, where do I need to go? What do I need to do to mature? So that I'm fulfilling, Joel shared last week, the vision of God and the mission of the church. We have a purpose while we're here. You know, I say that a lot. If if we didn't, we just, woohoo, we get to go on to the reward, which would be great. But we have a purpose and we have a mission And my question to you is, are you fulfilling it? Are you allowing yourself to be matured? Um, And when we become a parent, not only is it about that others thing, it's, it's really prioritizing our life around the mission and vision that God has given us. And I just want you to think about that a second, your priorities, right? And what they are. And then asking yourself, and again, this is the part of just the honesty thing with ourselves: Are my priorities around what God wants them to be? And it doesn't mean that our activities necessarily have to change. Maybe. It doesn't mean our location has to change. Maybe. But are my priorities God's? Am I maturing to the point? I think about Paul and all his... Journeys and he was on ships and islands and jail and all kinds of stuff. And his priority was God's. And so, regardless of the activity that he was partaking in, God was the priority, right? It talks about that in the Great Commission that as you go, right? As you go, as you're out there participating in these different things, it's making God the priority uh, with your family, making God the priority with your circle of friends, making God the a priority when you come in contact with strangers, and God works works that thing He does where conversation starts and making Him the priority of your conversation. I'm going to read two scriptures, and uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Galatians five will be the first one, and the second will be in Romans chapter six. Um, Galatians five thirteen and fourteen says, "For you were called to freedom, brothers." Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, again, just coming back to that thought of freedom in Christ and, and just how we are free to love with just a just a reckless abandon. You know, I get to just love like crazy. And, you know, the Bible talks about how I'm I'm actually indebted to do that because of what Christ did for me. And how he showed me love, um, and I love. I love that thought. Romans six twenty two says, "Now that you have been set free from sin, and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end, eternal life." And and that's that's it. You know, like this freedom thing we're talking about. There's the the sin side of it, because um, we get to live on the side of grace and mercy, right? Uh, which is awesome. Um, we. have all messed up. We've talked about that verse a lot. You know, and we've all fallen short. And we get to live in grace and mercy. Yay. But then there's the holiness and sanctification side of freedom in Christ, this expectation to grow and mature. And so I know I usually give you some type of like homework or action thing, and, I, and I, no different today. Like I hope you, you had a sincere prayer time. We're going to pause just in a minute and have a little bit of silent prayer, and then I'll close this, and then we'll sing our, our song. Um, but like that's it. The action step today is start a conversation with God. Everybody needs to grow, right? There's no end to that process. Kind of like sin, it's the reverse of sin. If you travel into sin long enough, there's no end to it except death, right? It's just death. That's where it's going to eventually lead, one way or the other. It leads to death. And sin gets sicker and sicker and sicker as it grows. And sometimes we see the culmination of years of sin in someone's life in one moment on TV, and we're like... How could they ever? It started way back here, I bet you money. Same thing with spiritual growth. Leads to life, right? And there's no ceiling on it. You get to just keep growing and keep growing and then one day we're going to be standing before the Lord and the Bible says, you know, all things are going to be made known to you. But until we're there, there's this growing process that we get to go through. So where are you in it? I think... For me, a lot of times I find myself with one leg still in the childish area and one leg in the young adult area. And it's easy to stay right there. Because that next level, that parent level, brothers and sisters, we need some spiritual parents. We need you to grow up if you're not, if you haven't. We need this next generation of of followers to be mentored, to be discipled, to be help brought to maturity. And it's what we're supposed to do. I say this all the time: do your part. That's your part. And if you're not ready to be a parent, then this is the. Con- I mean, these are the conversations you need to start having with God, with your inner circle, with those people who hold you spiritually accountable. Because we do need to move. We don't need to stay stagnant. We need to be growing. We're just going to pause for a minute, and I'm just encouraging you right now to begin that conversation with the Lord. And then, like I said, I'll uh, I'll have a prayer and close this out. Let's pray. Father, as we are gathered here today as the bride of Christ, the church, I'm so thankful for the love in this room, so thankful for the encouragement, been a lot of laughter and tears and prayers and meals and just visits shared amongst the people in this room. And I'm thankful to be a part of that body and that community of believers. But God, we do have, we do have a message. And there is a world that needs this message. So God, I, I pray, Lord, um, the great fellowship is coming. <laughs> it's coming. And we're all going to be with you. And it's going to be amazing. But we're not there yet. And, God, I pray that you're speaking into our hearts, our souls, our minds. God, where we need to grow and mature. And I pray that we're willing to take those baby steps, God, because that's what it is. It's, It's just little steps into obedience, into following after what you have for us, what you've told us to do. God, that we're just open to what you would have for us, God, and then we're that we're willing to obey, Lord. This is a big prayer. It's not an easy prayer. Coming to the end of ourself, uh, that's not easy. And we need your help, Lord. And so I pray that for this this body of believers here, God, I pray that we find new and and more intense ways to love and serve each other, God, so that we're that living example. Uh, that you call us to be, that we point people to you just off our actions with one another. God, in that we, we as we're growing and maturing, God, we find those opportunities to share the good news, to share the gospel, and to, to help someone in that decision-making process. And then, God, to be a part of their discipleship, God, to be a part of that mentoring where we help them understand who you are, who Jesus is, how to follow Jesus, God, that we come alongside in life, and walk hand in hand. God, thank you for the example that Jesus laid out for us in all of this. Just pray for a move of the Spirit amongst your people here. God, we love you. Thank you that we get to do this. God, I really am so grateful for that. God, just be with all of us as we leave here today that it doesn't end at the door. Just move in our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand and have a closing song, um, and uh, just, you know, if you don't know Jesus this morning, man, that's where it all begins. Uh, the phase I didn't cover was death, <laughs> uh, and that, that's that's that beginning phase where I don't have Jesus, and, and he wants to just bring life to you and transform your life, and man, it is just so uh, powerful and rewarding, And and so if you don't know him, man, we invite you for that this morning for sure. And but man, if God's been just tugging, tugging, tugging it's a good word. Tugging, wrestling, moving in your heart, and you just need to talk to somebody. Uh, man, we, we will sit down with you this morning and talk with you and pray with you. And uh, we got some folks in here that love love the Lord and, and be more than willing to do that and have prayer with you and those kinds of things. So uh, just if there's anything stirring this morning, as we stand and sing, we want to invite you to do that. Hymn number two.